This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Okay, uh, no movie this week. Uh, I think. Played pickup basketball and I got poked in the eye really hard. That wasn't fun. First time. I, I never knew LeBron was telling the truth about the seeing double thing. But yeah, I hit the ground and I was like, am I blind? <laughs> so I opened my, it was my left eye. I opened that and closed my right one. I was like, okay, I can see. It's very watery, but I can see. And then I got up and I opened both eyes. I was like, there is double of everything. <laughs> uh, but I'm okay now. So how was your weekend? Good. I have a quick eye story. The one time that that happened to me, I didn't see double, but I went blind for a total of like maybe less than a second when I got LASIK surgery. They told me like, look, you're going to lose all your sight, but then it's going to be back. And that is the most terrifying thing when it's anything eye related. It's like, okay, please, please come back. Everything good. And I'm glad you're doing okay. I'm glad you can see for this podcast today. Um, but, uh, weekend, what did I do? I can't believe it's, it's already the beginning of another week. And the, tr- it's like training camp last week for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they're going to be in preseason, so it never really feels over until they get to regular season, but, uh, they actually only have one more open practice on Wednesday and it's a wrap after that, just preseason football and some of their behind the scene practices. But, uh, there's a couple things I actually want to get to, and it's Joe Burrow. We're going to get to the preseason. We can break all that down. You have a great piece on all Bengals. I think Bengals fans need to go and check out. But anytime there's movement on the Joe Burrow end, I think we have to talk about it. I think fans were a little surprised on Friday. Joe Burrow, maybe it was a coincidence, preseason game. Joe Burrow's out there running. He's throwing 50-yard bombs. And um, it's two weeks and one day since the injury. No sleeve on his calf at the time. He did come back and uh, he was on the sidelines for the whole entire preseason game with the calf sleeve on. And I thought that was a little surprising. Zach Taylor said nothing new. What's kind of happening behind the scenes with Joe. And and when it comes to throwing, I guess he's been doing that for for a few days. He didn't put a date on it or anything like that. But I thought that was a very encouraging update to see Joe Burrow out there before the preseason game. Yeah, uh, man. Um, I think it put to bed some of the things. I feel like it was cropping up because, like, Zach Taylor's not committal, and we kept saying, kind of downplaying, like, he's saying that because that's what you should say as a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, non committal about him playing week one, but I mean, he's no sleeve, he's throwing 50 yard passes in pregame, running sprints. I would be shocked if he's not out there week one. That's just, we are still what, about four because, yeah, four weeks away, three weeks and six days, I think. 
Um, but long time. <laughs> it's a long time for him to recover. And it really does feel like the grade one strain without any type of precaution. They're letting him let it loose. They're just, it was like uh, that guy, you, Deepak, is his name? Yeah. Yeah, it's like he said, where they're going to treat it like a grade two, grade two in terms of not letting him practice, but it, it's probably a grade one. You just up it because it's training camp and you want to be extra cautious. Uh, and also, not to dive into the preseason too much already, those backups, <laughs> they didn't look like they'd be ready for the Browns week one. I would be terrified against Miles Garrett. And I know Miles Garrett, as we're recording this, you know, I don't know the injury update on him, but he did leave practice a little bit early today for the Browns training camp. And that's something I, because obviously the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Cleveland Browns week one. Denzel Ward um, also was attended to by trainers, but I agree with you. Uh, we'll get into more of the preseason breakdown. You want Joe Burrow out there. Uh, there is oh, yeah. no, no, you, you if he's you, good. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just say, do you remember Trevor Simeon got some hype? As like, oh my God, it's it's so much better than Brandon Allen. I was like, guys, this this is. <laughs> I don't really have a preference on Brandon Allen. And after watching preseason game one, I kind of go, yeah, I mean, I just remember that Brandon Allen game against Houston, <laughs> like a perfect passer, ready just dropping bombs. He's not. He hasn't been good as a backup, but at the same time, did he ever look that bad in a preseason game? I, I can't don't remember. remember. I don't. Did he start in the game last year when they? It was kind of a similar score against the Arizona Cardinals. I just I can't remember. I haven't really watched. This was actually the only preseason game in a while that I really paid hardcore attention to because I had a lot of interest for some of the younger guys and the guy on, guys on the back half of the roster. But now I need to know Brandon Allen Brandon Allen preseason stats because you're right. We got them. They're coming up. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, what if, what if you don't have your starting quarterback out there? You have to put this guy back out there. You need a better backup. Look, you could say that about 90% of the NFL teams around the league. If their starting quarterback is not playing, the backup play, not great. Brandon Allen in that game against the Chargers. Three yeah. for three for 29 yards, and then they pulled him. Look, he might be better than Simeon. And he might get cut from the 49ers, so <laughs> That might be a reunion all the way. I, I could see it now where it's the same exact quarterback room going yeah, into right? season. Jake Browning and uh Brandon, and Allen. Brandon Allen on the practice squad, maybe. Well, it's, is Simeon guaranteed at all? I'm gonna look that up now. That's a really because good question. He is a name. Like he is a name that I feel like you do have to pay a little bit. Like you could uh, one year, him. I mean one year one point three, so you could kind of if he was that disappointing. Uh, no, there's no dead cap either. So yeah, they could easily let him go and bring back Brandon Allen if they want. I'm not saying that will happen. I hope Simeon does better when he has real receivers to throw to as well. Browning got like, it felt like all the time with the, uh, well, there were no ones, but twos. And then Brandon Allen had to go out there with the threes. And I think the biggest difference was, oh man, that pass protection. It wasn't good early, but it was even worse later. Yeah, there's a lot more I want to talk about when it comes to the offensive line. And I I might be right about something that we talked about on this podcast when it comes to Jonah Williams. But again, oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my goodness. What a <laughs> you were you were definitely right over me. I thought they'd make it a real competition. They didn't even bother. <laughs> then you see Jackson Carver out there. You're like, well, that's why they didn't bother. <laughs> Jack Taylor said today it pretty much sounds like we won't see Jonah Williams until September 10th. So Which makes sense. If he really won the competition that much, like we're neither one of us are at training camp. So we don't have the real feel of that. 
But everything I heard was that they were going to treat this like a real competition. Jackson Carmen's got a shot at the job. But then also, I always see clips and people talking about, like, Jackson Carmen doesn't look right at right tackle. And Jonah Williams looks pretty good. And then eh, the game happened. And I will say, I think the Carmen hate, I'm not his biggest fan. I thought it was a little overblown after everything. Just He might just not be able to play the right side. And we always seem to talk about, oh, well, he's got an offseason to prepare. He could just flip sides, and now he's going to compete for right tackle. I've always compared it to switch hitting, and some guys just can't do it. You're more likely to be able to play both sides of the line than you are to switch hit in baseball. But there's just the idea that like some guys, they're pretty good from the right side. And if you ask them to go on the left side, they wouldn't bat 100, you know, <laughs> like they, against high school. You know, it's just like it, whatever mechanically it just doesn't work. I mean, your legs flip. He was still pretty good in run blocking. In, in my opinion, that's because you, you're usually trained to run block both ways. Like you got to reach block. You got to learn to do that to the right and to the left. You got double teams. You got to learn to do it to the right, to the left. You got down blocks, right, left. You got to learn all that both ways. Uh, there's a little bit of thing going on there, and you still have to change your stance up. And I thought he looked funky in his stance, really. But when he went into pass protection where everything flips and there is nothing the same anymore, that's where I thought he just didn't look right. And I even went back. I was like, was it? Did he look this bad process-wise in the Chiefs game? I was like, no, no. He looked he looked like a different player in that Chiefs game. So I'm not saying he should be cut yet. Uh, I think that was almost the prevailing idea after that game. But I think I think he is fighting for a job, though. Rather than fighting for a starting job, I think he's fighting for a job. Well, that's partially because I thought Deontay and Hakeem both played better. Yeah, and I agree with you for Deontay, and and I still people have been down on Hakeem for a really long time, and I am totally fine if Hakeem is there for depth. He has played in a Super Bowl, not to say it was great, but uh, he's been there during really extremely important games, and if they need him for just a moment because injuries happen around the NFL, I am totally okay with Hakeem still being in the offensive line room. But overall, you know, you, you have to go, and they will. They'll go with the best guys. Um, it, it isn't a popularity contest because if it was a popularity contest, I think a lot of people before training camp would have said, it's Jackson Carmen's job to lose. It's given oh, to yeah. Carmen. Well, they would have said Carmen Jackson, but yeah. That's true. That's true, 100%. <laughs> but I agree with you. And, and what do you think about this? Um, you, you mentioned, you know, could could lose his job, could be a bubble guy. But what about if they just say, look, it's not going to be a right tackle position for him. You take your time with Lyle Collins. And if he's needed, and, and Lyle talked to the media today, and he's like, look, I'll, I'll compete for right tackle when I'm back out there. But if he can just take his time and get fully healthy and you're not rushing him, put him on the pup when you start the season, put Jonah Williams out there. And if Jonah struggles during regular season and Lyle is better, put Lyle back out there fully healthy because we didn't see that out of Lyle last year. And what do you think about Jackson Carmen, though? if he plays okay the rest of the preseason because you still have two more games and you put him over on the left side as a backup. Yeah, that's, I think his, his way to make the roster is to prove that he is a more than capable left side backup. I think that's his way onto the roster. I think both Hakeem and Deontay look better trying to flip sides. Mm -hmm. And especially I think Hakeem looks the same on both sides. That's really? yeah. I think he's, if you're looking at who is the most versatile, it's Hakeem Adetiji. And I think that's part of the reason the coaching staff likes him so much. They're like, look, I could take this guy and I could put him on, you know, and he's not, he gets a bad rap. He probably has as many decent games as Carmen did. He just played more games and had a few more stinkers. Yeah, but he, 
I would throw out the guard stuff. He's not a guard. Like, I'm talking about being versatile. He is an emergency, emergency guard, which the interior didn't look great in that preseason game either. So, I mean, who knows? But at offensive tackle, when he filled in for Jonah in the Ravens game, I thought he looked fine. And when he played the first couple regular season games filling in for Lyle, I thought he looked mostly fine. Even in that Bills game, I thought he looked fine. Well, everybody looked pretty good in that one. That's why they ran for a thousand yards. But yeah, I I think there's gonna be a group of people that'll freak out if Hakeem makes it over Carmen. But I think it's more likely now than it was before. Um if you're thinking of like a stock watch. Carmen got like a full arrow down for me from where I thought he was. I thought he was literally competing for that right tackle job. And that was over within like 10 snaps. Um, and it was actually over before the game started with Jonah Williams resting. And they were just like, well, well let's give him a shot. And I felt like they might have known that wasn't going to look that good. I think Deontay was not a full arrow up, but he's much, he's much more in that competition than I thought. Like I honestly assumed he was outside looking in. And he started over Adenogy. So then that makes me think they might. The thing with Adenogy is you know what you're getting. There's potential of the unknown with both Carmen and Smith. Smith, I thought, was probably the best pass protector, but he had real issues in the run game. And he he played the whole game pretty much. Um, Only three offensive tackles played. So when Adenogy came in, it was for Carmen. It wasn't for um, Deontay. I'm pretty sure that. Adenogy and Carmen weren't on the field at the same time. If they were, it was a very small amount of time. Uh, but, yeah, I after that, I think Hakeem's stock kind of stayed equal to where I thought it was. Deontay's up, but not a full arrow just because of the run blocking stuff. And Carmen was a full arrow down because I thought he was I thought he was nearly a lock to make the team. And after that game, I thought they could only keep one of those three if Lyle isn't put on pup. If he's put on the pup, I think they keep two out of three. I think it's really disappointing, though, with Jackson Carmen, because yeah. this is a but he he could completely turn it around this week. Okay. I think that's the whole thing is if he looks really good in this second preseason game at left tackle, he might force their hand and be like, he's the best scheme fit for the run game. But half of scheme fit is this team passes the ball 65 percent of the time. And he was not a fit for that in that preseason game. Even that preseason game, if you were a team that ran just ran power all the time, think of, uh, I don't know, like 2021 20, Eagles type team where they didn't really want Jalen Hurts throwing the ball too much because he didn't progress in that area enough yet. Unlike last year where they, they let him loose and he was great. But before that, they kind of protected him a little bit. They ran the ball a ton. Carmen would be like the guy you'd look at and go like, well, the pass protection's not there, but we'll protect it. It's the opposite with the Bengals. It's like, you, you need the pass protection. <laughs> Uh, you're the best scheme fit in the run game because you're just so powerful. But, you know, this, the pass protection is huge, and Deontay is the best fit there. And then Hakeem was kind of the Goldilocks zone where he was in between the two. He's like, he's, he's not, wasn't as good in that game at pass protection as Smith, but he wasn't, and he wasn't as good at the run blocking as Carmen because he's not, he's more of a guy that sustains and change, you know, like sets himself up and sustains. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Carmen's a guy that actually move people. He doesn't move people. He just kind of like advantageous stalemates. That's what I always think of. Uh, you're not moving a guy, but you're in a position to create a hole. So that's a denigy. And Smith was losing the block. He, he would fall off of the block too much. So it'll be interesting. I think this is a really interesting battle and much more interesting than I thought Jonah versus Carmen was just because I never really, in my mind, gave Carmen much of a shot. 
No, no, same. Uh, there's actually more I want to get to with the offensive line, but we're going to run over if we continue this segment. So I'm going to talk offensive line, the defensive side of the ball, Star, who um, I think a lot of people may, might have as their breakout player in 2023. I want to get to all that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I have a couple O-line questions I want to get to you. And I agree with you when it comes to Jonah and Jackson Carmen. It really just kind of felt like it was Jonah's job to lose. And I just, I'm feeling excited about Jonah. I said it before. I want this guy to play so well that he gets the bag with another team at the end of the 2023 season. Maybe he moves back to right, maybe moves back to left tackle where he stays at right tackle. But I want him to have a healthy year on the right side of the ball. Um, I want to talk about Cody Ford. A player that um, they signed kind of felt like an insurance piece, more of a depth piece when it did happen after Orlando Brown. What did you think of him? I was muted too long. <laughs> Cody Ford. Um, I heard Zach Taylor say he thought he played well. I thought it was below what I expected. Um, to me, it was it wasn't it wasn't really better than the guys behind him. And when you sign a veteran like that, I kind of expect him to be better than the the, you, the undrafted free agent types behind him. And I, I don't know if I felt that so much. Um, but I don't think the interior of the offensive line played all that well in general. Yeah. Maybe at the end of the game against the practice squad, guys who won't make the practice squad for the Packers, maybe those guys played okay at times. I honestly, I watched almost all of it, but I, I think I did turn it off when I couldn't recognize almost anybody playing at that point. I was like, okay, I know I've got enough of the feel of Carmen and Adenji and Smith. So I'm just going to kind of turn this off and save a little time. But uh, last like three, four minutes of the game. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he lost footing really. Cause I don't, I don't know if he was ever, I ever thought of him as a lock to make the team. But I thought this was his chance to become a lock to make the team. And maybe he is because Taylor and the staff saw something I didn't, yeah. uh, which is possible. But just me watching, I went, I was kind of expecting more. Sharping, too. Sharping, I was kind of, all that hype about him playing center, he wasn't good at center. 
in that game. Ben Brown was maybe the best center out of all the guys that tried to play there because Trey Hill wasn't very good there either. And then I hear Trey Hill's a lock to make the team, and I just kind of go, okay, sure. I don't feel good about that. I don't either. I hope Trey Hill never plays center in an NFL regular season game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry. <laughs> that was um that's just how I feel. I I don't feel confident when it comes to the backup center position. It does terrify me just a little bit and I hope that maybe Ben Brown could be an option and it works out as being a backup. Um and you could like I said before, you can look around the league and if any other team I I saw this on the internet last night and it says, you know, if two teams lose two offensive line pieces, they're all kind of in a very they're in a bad situation. And I'm like, well, well try three. Try three in an AFC championship game going against <laughs> Jones. Um, yes, yeah, so the Cincinnati Bengals have been there before and they don't want to see it again. So having that depth is extremely important. And that's why I think it's important to have Lyle Collins on this team. You've already pretty much told yourself he was going to be, well, I think they thought when he signed his two-year or the, the contract last offseason that in 2023 he'd still be here a part of the offensive line. Unfortunately, he had his injury taking his time, but he is picking up that workload at practice. So I think that's huge. Um, but to be determined on the back half of the offensive line depth right now, I know a lot of people question offensive linemen starters getting reps in preseason because they like to reference and point to last year, that Steelers game. But I think it's a little bit different. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You have Alex Kappa coming back. You have Ted Karras yeah. coming back. You have Cordell yeah. Bolson, who was a rookie, and now he's back. And you have Orlando Brown, who's an experienced tackle. I know he's going to be on the left side. And then you have Jonah Williams, who's an experienced offensive lineman on the right side. I am totally fine if they take zero snaps before September 10th. I worry about the communication between Volson and Brown and Kappa and Jonah. I just, that's why I would give them a couple snaps, but I don't think they will. So you do win this battle. Well, <laughs> but you it, Go ahead. I, I, I would, I probably would play in a series, maybe. Maybe two if it's like a three and out. If, I, my goal would be like five, six plays and just try to get them preseason football. It's just faster. And I think we saw that. Some guys, you know, it was too fast for them. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's just faster than practice. Guys that are practice guys, sometimes they don't perform all that well in preseason games, even though it's not like a full NFL game. This is the closest thing you'll get before the regular season to an NFL game. While they're experienced, I do I do just have a little bit of worry. You know, Kappa and Collins were experienced when they came here last year, and then You're it right. took them You're weeks right. to get to gel. Uh, Karras and Kappa as well. They're experienced, but it took them weeks to gel. Volson, throw out. I mean, I mean he's going to have issues with the speed of the game mm -hmm. when he first started coming from North Dakota State. I think he got there eventually, but early on, you know, I don't think with preseason, which he did play in the preseason, but even preseason with those guys would have helped that much for him. I just think with the vets, I'd play him like a series or two, but I don't think they will. So uh, I'm just uh, yelling at the cloud. So if they do, it would have to be, and this is what we normally see in the OG days of I know when they had four preseason games, you normally would see them in the third preseason game. So I would count the second game as the third one right now. Yep. And you would see them on Friday night which is this coming Friday against Atlanta. If Zach Taylor, and it doesn't sound like Jonah Williams is going to take the field, but he was coming off an injury, so I could see where they're going to take it easy for him. But if Zach Taylor says, offensive lineman, they're going to take a few snaps in preseason, I pray to God that it's in Atlanta versus FedEx field the following week because that field terrifies me. 
I don't want them touching that field. I actually hate that they had their last preseason game at FedEx Field. I wish it was, and I know it's pretty much going to be the bubble, the back half of the roster, a little similar to what we saw in the first preseason game, but I don't see Dax Hill taking many reps in the last preseason game like he did this one. Um, thought that was really telling, but we're going to get to more when it comes to Dax Hill in just a moment. So I'm, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I guess maybe for one drive. <laughs> But you don't need to switch because I think I don't think I'm going to be right. You don't have to be, agree with me. There's a plenty of reason, plenty of reason to not agree. I mean, the, the chance of injury and it, is it worth it? I don't know. I, yeah, Jim Schwartz. I think he does have pass rush plans. I think he is going to line his guys up to rush the passer, so they're going to be tested. But health could be more important. I think it's a low injury chance. You're probably it's still there though. And is it worth it? To me, yes, but I understand why they wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I, they just don't have chemistry together. And I don't think it should take like the six weeks it took last year for them to really gel, but it might be one, two weeks before they start motoring and firing on all cylinders. You hope it's a little you hope it's faster than last year. Last year it took weeks, and that was a little bit of a schematic issue as well that they changed up around week five, but yeah, I, we disagree here. And I think uh, the coaching staff agrees with you, which is fine. Yeah. And kind of similar, obviously the Joe Burrow, he was getting in his strength back. And in this situation, you know, he's coming off the calf strain. The Bengals do have walkthroughs in the morning. They aren't available to the media during training camp. So I do kind of wonder what the walkthrough looks like. If Joe Burrow is out there for the walkthrough, he's obviously throwing behind closed doors. Um, this isn't the first time. Zach Taylor had mentioned that, uh, I want to say, right after the preseason game. Stuff is happening, throwing. So now the timeline on when Joe Burrow is fully back out there, I think I feel a little more confident because at some certain, probably a couple of days after the injury, I was looking at the calendar. I'm not sure if you were. And I was like, okay, if he gets back on the last week of August, maybe the last day of August, he still has about 11 days to be ready for that regular season game versus Cleveland. Or is the latest September 1st? Does he only get one week to prep for Cleveland? I'm starting, and maybe I'm a little too optimistic for everything, that in one week, Joe Burrow will be back out there. Yeah. Um, nah, I don't yeah, think he'll be out there for the walkthrough. I think next week. Might be when you see him. I think they'll just give him a whole week off. Did you hear me? I said a week. Oh my god! I thought you said Friday. Oh, uh, you talked about a week. I'm gonna be okay. It'll be. Oh, cool. We agree. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think it's gonna be about a week, and I'm like, I said a week. <laughs> wow. I don't see it coming. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we do agree. We do agree on this one. But oh man, I'm so sorry about that. I, you talked about the walkthrough on Friday, and I don't know what happened. No, In no, my no, mind, no, I, was no, like, I don't oh, think I, not Friday. this Friday. No, 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 no. I think that they they get through that. It's going to be the final week of preseason. It's really going to be like mm -hmm. I said before that last game, which is the the it'll be a week from Friday. They'll get that one wrapped up, or it's Thursday. Yeah. I can't remember. The, I know that they wrap them up a little bit early, but get that last preseason game done. It's going to be the back half of the roster, the bubble guys. And the starters are going to be getting ready. They're going to be getting ready for Cleveland. And it just feels like I, I feel I would say, and, and I and I know we talked about him in the first segment. I feel 
a little more on the optimistic side about Joe Burrow with just him being out there. And I feel like it was done, it was done for a reason why Joe mm-hmm. was out there for the, the preseason game. Cameras were there. He's out there to show people. I'm okay. I'm okay. Here's some 50-yard bombs. I did message our, our physician who I reached out to in the beginning when I wanted a little more knowledge on the timetable and some of the information he gave us. And I said, what is a what is a leg calf? Um, I'm, I'm losing my brace. What, what did he have on? What's it called? A sleeve. I yeah, said, he had it on his full uh, leg. What does that mean? He's like, it doesn't change from what he had on his on his leg before. It's There's not a whole lot that those sleeves really do. I saw no sleeve. Well, he had no sleeve on when he was out there for the pregame, but during the game. He oh, went, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he went back to his sleeve during that, but it's really nothing nothing major. It doesn't, you know, mean a whole lot of a huge difference from when he didn't have it on or anything like that. But no no sleeve when he was throwing. So I know how fans feel because Zach Taylor isn't giving um, any additional updates. He's pretty much going from several weeks from what he said, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, you know, don't get upset with the media when they ask those questions because as soon as they don't ask those questions, everybody wants to know what's going on with Joe Burrow. So, um, I, you know, I see a little bit of that over on social media. But overall, offensive linemen, backups are a little, little – it's a little scary. It's a little questionable for the Cincinnati Bengals. But – they were at a point at one point when Joe Burrow's rookie year and even his second year when his starting offensive lineman was pretty scary. Yeah, I do think this – I was always lower on the offensive line depth when we had that conversation, mm-hmm. and it does feel like more people are kind of coming around to that, which we'll see. If Carmen can be a solid left tackle, Collins comes back and he's healthy, at least at tackle you probably feel good about your depth. But from that game, I wouldn't uh, – not a lot of guys – stood out as huge positives in both areas. Um, you could feel pretty good about maybe Deontay's pass protection or something like that, but I don't think you could go, oh, Deontay Smith, he's almost a starting level guy. Like that, That's that's a guy that I'd love to have start a game. Like, he wasn't in the conversation when people were trying to talk about the offensive line depth. So, yeah, I've always been a little bit lower on it. I think it's better than last year, but how much better? I think the the amount is that Collins is now a backup rather than starting. That's the difference. And whatever you feel about how Collins played, I think is how you should feel about the offensive line depth in general. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens when they have cuts. It's just right around the corner in about two weeks. Um, Really, really wish they had a center. I felt good about taking snaps of care assessment this time because I don't have one. What do you think the number on Dalton Risner would be just for depth person? <laughs> There's no way he's coming to Cincinnati to be a depth. Five? Five per year? Six? I would have said more, but he doesn't seem – and maybe his market is I'm waiting for an injury because I want full starter money. Because Graham Glasgow, he's probably near starter level, and he signed to go be a backup back in Detroit. Probably just – I think he's from Michigan. So I think yeah. he just wanted to go back home type thing. but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, can Risner play center? I don't know. Ben Brown, or uh, not Ben Brown, he's on the team. <laughs> Which, like I said, thought he looked the best, but get him some reps against the ones, and then mm-hmm. we'll really see, because I think it was Hill mostly against the ones and then Sharping. Um, ben Jones, that would be a, a, back, a guy that's out there. I don't know how much he costs, because he might also be looking for starter money if he's going to go through the process of playing an NFL year. But he's a guy I would feel very good about if he had to come in and play a little bit. So there are some guys out there, but 
neither one of us expect them to sign anybody, do we? No, not with the the extension of Joe Burrow. Um, feeling like that's going to be something that can pop up before the season starts, and and that's where your money probably should go. Um, even though I'd love to add more offensive line protection to Joe Burrow, it would be amazing because, again, if everybody can stay healthy, I still feel like this offensive line is his best that he's ever had in Cincinnati, and that would be so huge to just have that extra time um, and, and have the wide receivers and, and weapons they do to see what that offense could really look like because I still feel like there there's more to it, and I'm really looking forward to that in 2023. Let's get to the defensive side of the ball and some of the rookies next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll talk rookies in just a moment. But Dax Hill, I would say the only starter who we're more than likely going to see on Sundays, was playing in the preseason game. And I thought he was, and again, it's preseason. It's the only thing we have to react to. It felt encouraging to see Dax Hill out there make some plays. What did you think of his overall performance? Dax Hill was awesome. Uh, in Almost everything I saw, I thought he looked at least fine to solid. And then I thought he looked, obviously, there's the one play that's a super highlight play. Mm -hmm. Safeties don't get a chance to really flash that often. And that was a flash play, and he didn't play that many snaps. So, yeah, two thumbs up on Dax Hill. Arrow pointed straight upwards. I will say, he was a preseason monster last year, too. I remember writing about it. I remember saying, like, ooh, Dax Hill looks like the real deal. But he just never got a shot because Von Bell and Jesse Bates were healthy every single game. I remember us having that conversation on the podcast and it was like, who would you take off the field? Because a lot of people are like, put Dax out there. You, you picked them in the first round and they weren't, they weren't going to take Jesse Bates and, and Von Bell off the field. And I'm totally. Once fine. in a while they took what Jermaine Pratt off, but that was sometimes just for a King Davis Gaither, which mm-hmm. maybe that's what you'd want to. But I do think, I think that every defensive coordinator lives in a mild fear of giving up the third down. Then the offense goes hurry up and runs the ball right at that little safety you've got there. So it's got to be third and extra long when they feel comfortable doing that. And they did that from time to time. But I think that's why like third and four, you don't see the three safety set, or at least not without you. I'm not, unless you have a guy that can almost play linebacker. Um, That that's, generally how I think of that is just like it it does make sense but if the offense goes hurry up and keeps their personnel you're not allowed to change yours out as the defense or else they'll get you with a 12-man penalty or you'll try to rush a guy off and get snapped when you have 10 guys on the field so not a great situation and I I think most defensive coordinators are a little scared of that so that's why you don't see as many three safety sets as we dream about that and who do you take off the field but you know I would rather Pratt just plays third down than to get caught with my pants down and trying to have Dax Hill fill the B gap against power and whatever else is coming. I think uh, Jermaine would like to be there on third down, but um, we'll see what that looks like uh, this season on the defense side of the ball. I want to stay with the younger part of the roster. When you looked at the secondary, the cornerback room, what did you think overall? So DJ Turner is stock up for me, but it's not a full arrow up, even though I thought he played really good coverage. 
my main issue was he he didn't look good defending the run, and that's not going to be something that shows up on highlights or anything else. But there were a few plays he got crushed. He didn't really come off wide receiver blocks that well. Um, I didn't think the tackling was bad or anything. I just I remember seeing a few of those and going, "This is why. This is why I think you know he might not start." Uh, I mean, Cheeto's probably healthy enough to start. Is the real reason, but. Um, I think some people were real mad at Sidney Jones, but I thought he was in position. He just didn't make a play on the ball. Like he wasn't getting toasted in terms of like he's on the ground and the wide receiver's running in for a touchdown. It was he's right there with the wide receiver and he just didn't break up the pass. So I was because I missed actually the broadcast of it for the first half. And that was when all the Sidney Jones stuff happened and people were telling me he was terrible. I went back and watched. I assumed he was just giving up huge completions with a ton of separation. It was more like, okay, I mean, these are good throws and he's just kind of getting lost. Yeah. I, I, I'll i take that from a backup corner. I mean, how I guess Mahomes, you don't want that, but how often can the quarterback you're facing make a perfect pass? And if you're going to force that, you're going to force it. And he's got to play the ball better. You got to have good ball skills, which I don't know if he's ever had, but that's, if he can succeed in at least a couple areas, you know, the coverage and the press point, then I'm not, fully opposed. I think DJ Turner was better in coverage because he played the ball better and he was a little stickier, but Sidney Jones is a pro and I think he might be a little bit defender at a little better at defending the run than Turner is. I have some things I want to say about Sidney Jones. After that preseason game, everyone's like, why didn't they just sign Eli Apple? Why didn't they bring Eli Apple back? Eli Apple is going to start in the NFL this year. He's going to play for the Miami Dolphins. They have, a, they have a second round pick that might start over. Well, I'm just saying, I don't think Eli. I That's think actually kind of a DJ Turner situation, huh? <laughs> it kind of is. I just don't feel like, I think, I think they were, I think it was over. I think it was over with Eli, but I'm okay with what Eli Apple was able to do when he was in Cincinnati. I just feel like Sidney Jones is, is here as a depth, depth, depth piece. And yeah. I wouldn't even say he's CB4 right now on the roster. Um, I'm just I'm not down on him too bad. I think it's just it's really just insurance in your secondary room. And I just I I maybe maybe they had those conversations with Eli Apple and he felt, look, I'm just gonna wait and see what the market does. And then if there's an opportunity, I'm gonna go there. And then with Ramsey going down, he's has that opportunity in Miami. Maybe they maybe they do start a rookie, but um, but he still has an I, I would say a pretty good shot at, at starting for the Dolphins. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they've got Xavier Howard on the outside. I think Cater Kohu is their slot guy. And then uh, Cam Smith was a second-round pick. I liked him. I did South like Carolina. Cam Smith. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm not – so he might not start. He's a rookie, so, so maybe, maybe it is Apple. But So maybe Eli Apple isn't starting. But um, my whole point <laughs> just absolutely means nothing. I just feel like at the end of the day, it, just, it, it probably made sense to them at the time to bring Sidney Jones in, and um, their goal is Sidney Jones – probably not starting games as a starting corner for them. You know, hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Um, but yeah, DJ Turner does. It just feels like, and we've talked about it on the podcast, just feels like a Dax Hill situation where he's going to get this year. Um, I would be shocked if Cheeto is back next year, but crazier things have happened in this offseason when it comes to bringing guys back or even an addition yeah. for Trey Hendrickson. So who knows what will happen in the offseason. But I want to get to some of the other younger guys next. Um, Miles Murphy, any takeaways? Yeah, 
I don't think um, – I think he caught too much flack too. He's not going to be an all-star this year. I think we have to understand that, first of all. He's raw, and you're drafting him for a lot of the potential. He's oozing potential, 275 pounds or whatever, runs an insane 10-yard split, great burst, get off, the most important thing any edge rusher can have. He's strong, but he doesn't really have much of a pass rush plan yet. He won in college by being bigger, stronger, faster than the opponent. He has to learn how to properly rush the passer, defend the run, because, look, these bad – Offensive linemen were all were all stars in college. You think of even Jackson Carmen. He was a good offensive tackle in college. Liam Eichenberg, bring up Miami again. He was pretty good offensive tackle. He's not doing well in Miami. So, like the guys you think about feasting on, they're like, well, that guy was a big man on campus. Um, so, yeah, I think that Miles Murphy can get there. And I do also my thought. I do also have a thought on him, which is. They rush him from a two-point stance sometimes, and he has what's uh, what is called a false step in that, which is limiting his get-off, which is the most, like I said, most important thing any edge rusher can have. Um, he, you have your inside foot up and your your uh, outside foot back, and what you really want, and a lot of guys have a false step out of two-point when they're not comfortable in it, but he picks up his inside foot and just sets it right back down, and that's just a waste of time. You know, you when you look at him in the four point and the three point when he has two hands or one hand on the ground, it's just outside foot up and he's going. Like the inside foot isn't wasting time. But when you're in that two point stance, you kind of like see the snap and your natural reaction is lift that foot up and then go. Kind of like lift plant and then we can go. Um that I think was really hurting him in that game in terms of being able to generate pressure. I also think they ran away from him a lot and he also got chipped a lot. So the results just weren't really there. I think the process for the most part was fine. And I'm not off of like, I don't know, a three sack projection for him this year. Osai also, I was wondering where that flashing would happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do feel more comfortable at Osai just because he played well in the playoffs. So neither one is stock up for me. And Murphy isn't stock down. And I wouldn't say Osai is either. Neither one's stock down, neither one's stock up. They're about neutral from where I, I personally thought they were heading into the game. I would say any more than three sacks for Miles Murphy's rookie year is a plus. Yeah. Three sacks, probably a neutral, probably two and a half still, probably a neutral, because that's basically three. Anything less, and you're probably looking at like, well, I was hoping for a little more. But if I look at the guy that he gets compared to sometimes in Rashawn Gary, who just broke out last year, uh, Rashawn Gary, his rookie year had two sacks. There it is. And then five, his second year. To me, Miles Murphy is totally a next year thing. It, mm -hmm. You have to see next year. Is it two sacks again? Because then I'd be a little worried. But guys like Rashawn Gary, Jason Pierre-Paul, these guys that didn't know what they're doing when they came out of college, two sacks, three sacks, that's kind of what they do. And if it's zero or one, that's a, that's a big concern. But if it's two, if it's three... If there's some decent pressure metrics out there, I'm into it. But uh, it's almost entirely his thing is get better at playing football technically this year. And then next year, have your breakout that makes you feel comfortable like, okay, we can, you might be able to let Hubbard go and use Murphy in that role. Um, yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job defending the run, too. I didn't think it was a bad job there, even though he was on the backside of a lot of that. I feel terrible that we only have about four to five minutes to talk about this guy, and maybe we'll extend it to Thursday's show. But we got to go watch. Yoshi. Receiver. 
Yes, Yoshi. We have to talk Yoshi. I feel terrible that I went on and on about off until I'm in and then a little bit more on Joe Burrow. But hey, we should talk about the wide receiver who was so fun in the game. And I'm really excited about in the preseason. What did you think? Cut up all his targets. Thought he was a lot of fun. Thought the quarterback missed him quite a bit. I think he's inconsistent right now, releasing off of the line. There's some good stuff in there. I think he changes pace sometimes. I think he can hesitate, put the corner on their heels a little bit. And that we saw that some at times. But um he sometimes did give up his chest, let corners get physical with him. And that's just something they didn't really do at Harvard and Yale and Brown and other schools that aren't known for football. Uh, but I thought he looked better then people let on. And that does tie into the other wide receiver pick, but we'll get to him too. Um, I like Yoshi's. I I, th- it, I heard that they were trying to get him to catch the ball away from his frame. And I thought he had some reps of that. And I think that's big because I think a lot of people, I wasn't able to find really Princeton film. <laughs> so I didn't watch Yoshi other than some clips here and there, but it seemed like people that were somehow able to find Princeton University film out there said like he kind of body catches. He has not great hands. So if he's catching the ball away from his frame, that's great. And he has effortless speed where he's just picking it up as he goes. And that's really obvious on the all 22. He's just got those long strides, big and heptathlon athlete, right? Yeah. So he's kind of a long strider. Uh, uh, he doesn't have the greatest acceleration burst, but he, just picks that speed up and it doesn't look like he's running full speed, but you see the, the corner just like really pumping the arms to try to keep up with him. Uh, had that really nice yak play too. I didn't know he could do that. So one maybe wanted to stay. Some people wanted to stay in bounds on that play. And my thought is yes and no, like yes, in a regular season game in the mm-hmm. preseason, I am perfectly fine with you protecting your body like that. He also played a bunch of special team snaps. Uh, we have two minutes. Charlie, Jones. Charlie Jones. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. And when I watched back on the All-22, I also felt disappointing. I was just – he let guys get into him. Um, I've heard from a few people now that he's not super comfortable in the slot, which is where he was projected to be because at Purdue he was mostly an outside guy. Um, but his body type and his skill set projects to a slot receiver. When he was outside, it was what I feared and wrote about, which is he lets guys get into him and bully him a little bit. Um and he's not, he's, he doesn't have the Yoshi speed to really threaten them vertically either. I, right now, the way it's trending, I know everybody's trendy thing to say was Yoshi is a healthy scratch and Charlie Jones is your guy that is on the active roster. Almost feel the opposite now, where I'm like, maybe Yoshi is the guy that's on the active roster and Charlie Jones is kind of a healthy scratch most of the year, but he has to be on the team because he's a he's a good he's a really good prospect. So let's let's not throw him completely out because of one preseason game where he's injured. I think it's also important to remember he is injured for this as well. I think that's extremely important what you just brought up. And I know it's only one preseason game. I still feel like that is a huge factor because he's going to play from that injury. Um, And, you know, a lot of players do in the NFL. You're never fully healthy. It's his rookie year. It's his first, it's first NFL game. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give him, I think I need to see some regular season out of him. 
probably not a whole lot, more of a special teams kind of guy. But I think a lot of people have to remember that in that situation. And, um, you know, maybe he'll be able to get healthy before the regular season starts uh, to be determined on what that looks like. But I think that has to be a little bit of a factor into your head when you're out there and uh, maybe when you're hesitant in certain situations. Um, that whole slot conversation, that is a little scary because I think a lot right. of people have yeah. him replacing Tyler Boyd after this year. So um, that's something to definitely keep an eye on if those are early. Yoshi projections. had a rep from the slot, I really like, though. Did Even you? though he doesn't really project there because he's tall and long and mm -hmm. doesn't change direction super well, but he was on a, a choice route and he ran the out route, got separation. Ball got thrown behind him and he wasn't able to bring it in, but he had separation and did a pretty good job from the slot. Um, but yeah, I want to see Charlie Jones yeah. play better this week because he'll have another shot. And let's just see. I don't think he's an outside receiver. I just think you should be hammering slot reps with him because Trent Irwin's your outside backup. And if it's not Irwin and you want some juice, I mean, that Yoshi showed a little bit there. So let's see that. But Stanley Morgan didn't play much. He's trying to hit on a few other things. So his roster spot seems a little secure. And um, Jalen Davis didn't play that much either. So I'm wondering if he's kind of locked into that spot over DJ Ivy in that last bit there. And, oh, last thing I wanted to hit on was just Chase Brown didn't look ready in pass protection. He looked like a pretty good runner. I, they didn't give him anything. I thought the offensive line at times was abysmal. I mean, this is the only way to really put it, especially run blocking um, and pass blocking, you know, especially either one. So I thought he took what was there most of the time. and I don't remember him making any bad reads, but he, I know one is stuck in my mind where he just completely missed the pickup and the quarterback got killed. I think it was Browning just got smoked by a linebacker because he ran out on the route and the linebacker blitzed and you can't be hundred percent sure, but typically when the line slides away from that linebacker and your running back stops and looks, that means that running back's in the protection. He's not quick out. So he should probably be stepping up and picking that guy up because the offensive line isn't accounting for him. So um, to be determined, Chase Travion, Travion taking that role, I guess. Travion. That is the thing that's, if you ask me what scares you the most, I think the passing down running back scares me the most out of anything because we know Mixon's probably not going to process well enough to do it. Chase Brown, it looked like the NFL speed was a little much right now. and Maybe he'll get there. Um, I still remember getting dunked on because was it, I can't remember who said it, McShay or Jeremiah or somebody said like, oh, and Chase Brown, he's a good pass protector. And I know when I got when I got asked about it, I said, I don't think he's ready yet. <laughs> and they were like, but they said on the thing, he's like, well, the NFL is just different, man. <laughs> like these guys move at different speeds. And I but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um there's also limited reps. Maybe he'll ball out in the next one. Maybe they'll put him back in the conversation. But Chris Evans was a better pass between the two. I don't know if Chris Evans did enough to secure a roster spot, but he did look better than I thought. I told you on our last podcast, the Chris He's going to have a big run. And Chris he had a run back call for a hole. The Chris Evans hype is back. It is fully back on Bengals social media. So we will talk about more of what we missed in the preseason game. Also take your questions for Thursday's game. Preview a little of preseason game number two. Maybe we'll see a few more starters in that game versus Atlanta on Friday night. Again, make sure you check it back out because Mike is back on all Bengals. A really great breakdown, which is exciting for a lot of Bengals fans. We know football season is finally here when your content is back up on all Bengals. So fans should check, check that out. Any quick recap summary of what you have up there. 
Oh, we talked about it. It's the three backup offensive tackles. It's going to be a little more depth. Thousand words on the three guys that are compete for that backup offensive tackle job. Check it out. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sam. You can follow me at LMDS Patterson. We would be back later this week on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 